0: Welcome to Locally Famous DBQ. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. A while back when the protests and the riots first started up, um, I came across an old high school, a friend that was in the middle, in the thick of it, in Denver, Colorado. And I thought it would be pretty cool to just get his Interpretation of what's been going on, and then get some firsthand information from uh, his encounters with the protest.
1: It seems so long ago, and so much stuff has happened already. You know, but
2: I know, well. man. It, uh, it's almost been a month now since they started here in Denver. Um, I think it, it should just been a month. Um, and already Colorado has made a lot of, like, changes and stuff, which has been really cool to see. Um, they've been one of, like, the, the fastest acting states on getting legislation passed through. So um, it kind of, I think part of that is the reason that, like, the protests died down quite a bit here in Colorado. Yeah. It has, it has to do a lot with it. Um, it's just that reason is that they're so quick to act on it.
1: Yeah, initially, I mean, everything popped off, obviously, because of, you know the police officer exerting force on the back of George Floyd and you know suffocating him to death.
2: Right, um, right. I guess that was really what happened in Denver. You know, it was originally protests against that against that one incident. Um, what I kind of talked to people down there though is, is like that was just kind of the straw that broke the camel's back, though. Um, like we were in a perfect situation for something like this for major protests that happened, you know, if you look at what's been happening the last, like, five, ten years, police brutality across the country has just risen, risen, risen. Um, you hear about so many different stories. Um, and then now, you know, unfortunately, it took a global pandemic for the people to uh, kind of wake up and see what was happening. But, you know, everyone was stuck at home, not allowed to leave their houses. Um, they didn't have jobs. So everyone's frustrated. Everyone's kind of agitated, upset. Um, and they're forced to sit at home and watch the news. They're forced to pay attention to what's happening and kind of slow down and say, Whoa, 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 what's going on? Um, and I think it was just like, it was the perfect storm. You know, it was just a, a pressure point just waiting to burst. Um, and then everybody saw the video of George Floyd and it was, you know, it was, um, I mean, I watched the video. It was, it was, pretty gruesome. I mean it was obvious the you know, he's pleading, pleading for help and those officers just didn't care at all. Um so that originally that's originally what the cool. protest started about here in Denver, um and then quickly they evolved into a much, much bigger thing than just Justice for George Floyd. Which is kinda crazy to see.
1: But yeah, you're right. I mean, I definitely try not to jump to conclusions, especially with people who have run run ins with police officers, but like you said, anybody who watches that tape, I mean, he, I mean, he wasn't necessarily a good dude. I mean, he had a rap sheet, but nobody deserves, nobody deserves for that. And like, he was like, he, you know, he started asking for like his mom and like,
2: yeah, I mean,
1: it was, it was very difficult to watch that.
2: He was, he was desperate, you know? And yeah, I agree. Like, he's got a rap sheet and stuff, but in no way does that warrant what happened. And I no. think that's kind of the main message is that, like, the police aren't allowed to be the jury, judge, and executioner. Like, we've given them too much power. And that's uh, what a lot of this is is people taking their power back um, and saying, we're not going to put up with this shit, you know? So, yeah, you watch that video, and it's hard to see a man's desperate. You know, he's. Begging for his life, and and he's not fighting back. He's he's fully restrained in handcuffs, like laying on his belly with his hands cuffed. <laughs> you know, there's no reason for them to be doing what they did. No reason for it. It was excessive force, and it killed him. And unfortunately, it's a story that's way too common. You know, and since I mean I've learned about way more stories that I never do happen, even some that happened right here in Denver. Um, that uh, that I didn't know had happened until I went down to these protests and started hearing all the stories of all the different people, and I was like, "Holy crap!" Like, you know, there are the media, the stories that get a lot of attention by the media, like George Floyd, and Taylor, but there are so so many more stories of people that that don't get that national attention, and it's yeah. it's pretty crazy to see, pretty crazy to well, hear about. So well, let's
1: get into the uh, let's get into the protests a little bit, I guess. Have you ever have you ever been a part of a protest before this?
2: Um, I had gone on a couple marches that were my friends were into climate change, um, and so I had uh, been on a couple marches with them down at the um, down at the Capitol. Fracking's kind of a big thing here, and it's, it's polluted a lot of the water here. Um, so I've done a little bit of that, but nothing like this. Um, and uh, originally, you know, I didn't even know there were going to be protests happening in Denver. I kind of heard about it on the news. Um, I saw on the news that there were crazy riots happening and there was looting happening and that there there were unruly people in the streets. And I was like – I kind of went down there out of curiosity. I wasn't even planning, honestly. I wasn't planning on being a big part of the protests. Um, I was just curious to see, like, what the hell is happening in my community? Okay. Um, and when I got down there, what I saw was a total – I mean, the media was lying. You know, what I saw was not what the media was saying. Um, There was no violent protesters. There was no looting and rioting. It was people exercising their First Amendment right, um, freedom of speech, and police just attacking people for absolutely no reason. I think I I, I remember walking up to the first night. It was a Thursday night, and I was walked there. Uh, I had just gotten there. I had been there maybe 30 seconds. Got shot with a pepper bullet and started getting tear gassed. You know, uh, <laughs> how could I be a writer or a looter? I only only <laughs> done 32nd. Um, <laughs> yeah, there's a group of maybe 200 people at that time. It was around 11 o'clock at night. It's a group of maybe 200 people standing outside, um, with their hands up, saying, we got our hands up. Don't shoot us. Don't shoot us. Why are you shooting us? And, and, you know, they're just spraying the crowd with pepper bullets. Um, and that was my that was the first thing. That was my first experience going out to these protests. Was, was
1: there was there a curfew at that point?
2: You no, know, at that point there was no curfew. Yeah, you know, they didn't enact enact a curfew for I think two or three days. I think there was no curfew. Um, you now, crazy thing. I don't know if you've ever been to Denver, but uh, there is a park right across the street from the Capitol building. So, on the lawn of the State Capitol building is where the protesters were assembled. Um, But right in that park, too, there's kind of like a little bit of a homeless camp. And it started with the whole Occupy movement. Um, People kind of moved in there to the the Occupy Wall Street thing that happened Um, in 2014. They kind of moved in around then, and they just sort of never left. So there's like several tents in the area. There's a lot of homeless people. I'd say roughly 50 people hanging out there. Um, And so they were just caught in the crossfires. You know, and and like they've they've been living there, you know, all, periodically, like every night for you know the last five six years, and they're just cotton cr- the crosshairs, just getting tear gas, getting shot at, with nowhere to go, nothing to do. Um, but at that point, there was no curfew going on. It was just people assembling on the Capitol, and then we got pushed off of the Capitol lawn, um, which is you know public property. We're allowed to be there. We got pushed off and then into the um, park. And then they kind of just, anyone that was out there was just fair game. You know, it was like, get out of there or you're going to get shot at. But yeah, no curfew at that point. Um, You know, I saw on the news that they had smashed some windows that the protesters had, and I did see that. I saw some broken windows of businesses downtown. Um, But the police weren't down there protecting businesses and protecting, um, you know, people's private property or, or the public property. They were down there in a park. Um, where there's nothing to damage, nothing to loot, nothing to And they were just there harassing people.
1: What do you think their intentions were?
2: You know, I, 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 at that point, I didn't really know. You know, at that point, I was like, okay, I got here kind of late in the evening. I got there like 10 o'clock because I'd seen it on the news at like 9.30. So I drove down there around 10 o'clock, maybe 10.30, I got to the building. And I think... I don't know what had happened earlier in the day. The news reports said that people were rioting and looting, saying maybe their intentions were to just get the crowd away and get things to calm down. Um, But they they didn't really do that. They sort of escalated it instead of de-escalating it. They they made things worse, absolutely. Um, And then there, things just got more and more crazy. That was the first night, only a couple hundred people getting shot at. The next day, it was thousands of people out there protesting. Um, and the day after that, it was ten thousand people, um, and, and it turned into a war zone. It, it was absolute chaos. So, I, I mean, you've seen some of my videos on Facebook, I'm yeah, sure. I mean,
1: you, were, uh, you were, you were, you live, and <laughs> I just remember watching you a couple times, and you're like, "Yeah, get out! Like if you can't take the tear gas, you gotta get out of here, man! Like you gotta get out of here if you can't take the tear gas." <laughs>
2: Well, the first night I showed up, I was in a t-shirt and shorts, and I thought it was a protest. <laughs> you know, I just thought it was people, like, I was like, and honestly, out of curiosity, I just wanted to go down there and see what was happening for myself. Um, and then once I saw what was happening, I kind of felt the need to, like, let people know. Um, because it, there's a lot of people that, like, you know, in debuked. there's no, there was no major protests like they were in Denver. I know they had some down Absolutely. in the park downtown, um, yeah. but it, it wasn't like in Denver where there were riot police in SWAT team gear, you know, it wasn't like that Um, and I wanted people to see back home, like, what's actually happening and I also didn't want the media to control the narrative of violent protesters and rioters and looters and stuff that's 100% not what was happening I was looking for that stuff I was trying to, like, film that stuff too to show people if that was happening this is the status of our country, like, it's serious but I literally didn't see any of that when I was down there Um, So, uh, you know, my videos, I went live just, it was just to show people, you know, a lot of people are stuck at home, the whole COVID thing. People even in Colorado can't come down and protest. Um, They can't see what's happening. You know, they have to just believe what's coming out of their TV. And what I saw in downtown Denver Compared to what I saw on Denver local news and the national news about Denver, were two totally opposite things. So I wanted to get out there and just destroy that narrative and let people know that it is not rioters and looters. It is the police out there, straight up being thugs, just harassing people and attacking people for no reason. And, um, you know, I think after a couple days, that started becoming more obvious. There were news reports and videos of that happening all over the country. But for the first two, three days of the protests, that's not the story the media was telling the people. So I wanted to just get out there and kind of show people what was actually happening. Um, yeah. yeah, the first day I showed up in shorts and a t shirt and I got wrecked. God, I got tear gas so hard, uh cancer fell right underneath my legs and I you know, you t- you can't breathe. It's and your whole your skin burns. It's like, you know, when you eat like a spicy taco and you accidentally rub some jalapeno in your eye or something like that. It's like that all over your body. I think exposed skin burns. Your nose just runs as if you just, like, snorted or had hot peppers. And, like, you're just coughing as if someone had, you know, sprayed pepper spray right down your throat. And you you can't see. You can't breathe. It causes confusion. Um, That's honestly the worst was the the tear gas was the worst stuff. Um, So after the first night, I went down there the next night, with snowboarding goggles and like a, a little bit of a more of a mask. You know, I took my COVID mask and I took a bandana to wrap around me. And that helped a little bit, but once the tear gas got under your goggles, then it just stayed in there. You just trapped it in there and made it worse. Um, so then I did, I went to an army surplus store the next day and I found a gas mask for $30. And that, that thing was a lifesaver. I wore that thing for the next three days. Um and uh it helps helped a lot but it, it's it's crazy that i needed that <laughs> it's 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 a sad state of affairs when you go down and protest your and exercise your first amendment rights and to protest against police brutality you need to go get a gas mask because you know you're going to be met with more police brutality just it's, it's odd <laughs> it's backwards
1: Yeah, i mean it's it's sad that you know, whatever group it was, whether it be, like, Antifa or, like, some false flag group or something, hijacked all these protests and and created, you know, whatever, whatever it was, the looting or the storefront breakage or whatever, and right. that prompted the police to try to, you know, use these actions that really in reality, I mean, multiplied their problem tenfold over the next three or four days. I mean, it just doesn't
2: make much sense. Absolutely. It did not de-escalate. It, it escalated things exponentially. Right. Um, and speaking of the like, far-right and far-left groups, you know, and when we talk about anti fa, like it's not really a centralized, organized government. It's or, – or not government, organization, I should say. Um, it's more of just a mentality of people um, I didn't really see anybody down there that was, like, out to, like, you know, like, cause destruction or they wanted to turn it into a riot, at least not from the the protester standpoint. There's nobody that stuck out, like, a sore thumb. Um, like, you, like, you see some videos of, of people on the internet and stuff, and you're like, okay, that guy was obviously there to cause chaos. We mm-hmm. had that happening. Um, however, I did read uh, in the news, there was a uh, uh, – I don't know if you've heard about the Boogaloo Boys at all. Um, no. Have you read about them? Well, no. they're a, a, a far-right-wing group of guys that are, that are pro-gun rights. Um, and, and let me explain this, too. I'm pro-gun rights as well. I believe that people need to have their guns, um, especially after <laughs> what I experienced at the protests. I think that uh, to defend themselves from a tyrannical government, um, people should have the right to have guns and form a militia. Um, but that's besides the point. Um, these guys take that idea to the extreme, right? They 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 meet in groups and they're mostly a gun club, um, but they meet like you know every couple of weeks or every month or so, and it's called the Boogaloo Boys. It's a movement of people that they're expecting tensions to rise between the people and the government of the United States, and when that tension reaches a boiling point, they want to cause it to go into chaos and to go into a civil war. They want to cause this. Uh, there was actually an arrest made in Denver. Uh, I think it was the second night of the protest. Um, some guys were pulled over, and uh, they the government had been kicked off about these guys that were going to be there. They had been posting on social media saying, Oogloo boys, let's go get them and stuff. Um, and they got pulled over, and these guys had several assault rifles in, their, in the trunk of their car. And they had, you know... Uh, Thousands of rounds of ammunition and tactical gear and uh, explosives and things. Um, They had never taken it out of their vehicle. This is an interesting thing because they had never taken it out of their vehicle. They had left it in the trunk of their car. The government had been tipped off, and so they pulled these guys over, and they confiscated weapons. Um, And, you know, I'm I'm glad that they did because it gotten really bad. But at the same time, the confiscation of the weapons was illegal. Um, they were totally within their rights to have the weapons in the vehicle. All the weapons are registered to them. They weren't doing anything wrong with the weapons yet. And so now this whole like gun right thing comes into play too, and that's a, a whole sticky situation. I don't even know how to wrap my head around. You know, um I'm glad that they got those guys. <laughs> you know, I wouldn't want people you know, pulling off live ammunition. Um in fact there was a, there there's one kid um, young kid, probably nineteen, twenty years old, Hispanic kid. He was had his shirt off, baggy jeans, and we were to stand off of police, and I saw him pull a pistol out from his, his back waistband, and I immediately got in front of that kid and yelled at him and was like, Yo, put that away now. Like, we do not need that happening right here. And he tells me, he's like, They killed my mom when I was sixteen. What am I supposed to do? Just take it? This is my chance. I want to shoot those guys. And I was like, dude, if you start shooting, they start shooting back, and you get everybody here killed. I understand you're upset, but put that away. That's not the way we do this. Um, But, like, tensions were high, man. Tensions were very, very high. Um, All it was going to take was one shot, and uh, uh, things could have gone really, really bad.
1: That dude. I mean, you saved that kid's life, and you saved a lot of people's lives, probably.
2: You know, and my friend saw me do it. He goes, whoa, dude. And he's like, good on you. And I was like, what was I supposed to do? And he's like, I don't know, man, I wouldn't have put myself in between that kid, the cops and the kid's gun. And I was like, yeah, you know, like well, if you don't and that kid opens fire, then, uh, then the cops can open fire and they've got automatic rifles. So, um, you know, stop well, the dumb kid. Fight or
1: flight, you know? man. I think I know what you are. Yeah. <laughs>
2: um, you know, fight until things get nasty, you know? Um, all during the protest, people kept telling me, I kept getting messages, be safe, be safe, be safe. And I was like, oh, I'll be as safe as I can, but, like, you know, I, I, I feel it needs to be out there. Um, exercising my right, you know? What I, what I talked to a lot of people about down there, too, was that this had grown beyond just a uh, Black Lives Matter thing. Um, this was, once the police started attacking the protesters, um, and just not allowing us to assemble and uh, absolutely just denying us our constitutional rights. Then it became more about just oppression of, um, you know, you're not going to oppress the voice of the people. Um, they're going to be heard. And um, there's, there's, I just watched the movie V for Vendetta uh, first time um, a couple days ago, and there's a line in it that stuck with me. And it was, you know, government should be afraid of their people. People shouldn't be afraid of the government's um, and then that, that's something that I kind of felt on the protest is, uh, you know, I felt the need for us to go up there and stand up and say, you know, you, you treat the people as if we work for you. And that's not the truth. You guys work for us. Um, I felt the need to go down there and say that, stand up for that. And so, yeah, I was trying to be as safe as possible. I wasn't trying to, to, you know, get myself killed down there. Um, but at the same time, am I going to take a, a pepper bullet or a little bit of tear gas Stand up for my constitutional rights. Yeah, yeah, it, it sucks, but it's it's not that bad, and it's it's necessary, I think. Yeah, I mean, you're definitely not the problem. <laughs> I mean, no. <laughs> as, um,
1: yeah. as a country, I mean, there needs to be a lot more of that happening, or else, you know, especially in these days. You know, something. I mean, we're we're about to lose. You know, the best country in the world.
2: Yeah. I, I think I, I, there's, there's an argument to be had there that we already have. Yeah. We, you know, we used to be the best country in the world, or so we thought, or whatever. But in many ways, now we are not. You know, we have more incarcerated people, you know, percentage-wise, population-wise, than any other nation in the world. Um, you, you know, we don't have health care for all people. We don't have equal rights for all people in this nation. Um, there are a lot more countries that are doing way better than us at these things. So. In a lot of ways, I think we, we have already lost the fact that we were the best country in the world. Um, and and, and he, honestly, after I heard Donald Trump say that he was willing to wage war against the American people and use the military against the protesters, I thought we were on the brink of civil war. Um, I, 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 with the tensions that were down there, and it was obviously the people versus the state. that It was about down there. Um, And then after he said that, I thought, oh, shit. I I, I thought it was over. I thought it was the beginning of another civil war. Um, Luckily, most of the governors around the nation said, we don't care what Donald Trump says. (laughs) We're not going to unleash the military on our own people. Luckily, they kind of took a stand against that, um, which was really cool to see. Um, I know they they did that here in Colorado. They they basically said no, that's not going to happen. We believe in the people of Colorado. We can come to resolution together, and, and we did. You know, it just it takes the people working with the state, um, takes the state understanding the other way around. And I think for too long, um, people of this country have it's been you know we work for the government and the one percent, and uh, and they don't care about us. And I think that's starting to come to too boiling point what do you, what do
1: you see what do you see happening over the next six months in Denver?
2: Um, in Denver, you know they already made some some pretty decent strides um, as far as reform and policies and things. Um, the governor sent action a reforming police bill requiring them to have body cameras on them and on at all times. Um they removed police from all of the public schools in Denver. They've broke they' removed the contract. Um, uh, they're gonna be starting funneling some of the money that was going to the police department into other things, social programs for um, uh, homelessness, for uh, addiction, for um, uh, family stuff, people with domestic issues. Um, just, 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 just see They'm also requiring now officers to um, anytime they draw their weapon, even if they don't fire it, anytime they draw it at all, they have to report to the supervisor and investigation has to be made. Um, so, already we're already seeing some reform in Denver, and I think that has calmed the people a little bit. Um, like I said, the protests have died down a little bit. There's not so much social unrest. Um, but we'll see what happens in the next six months. You know, a lot of it's going to have to do with this election. What happens? um if if Trump wins again and he keeps saying these things like you know, when the looting sh- starts, the shooting starts, and if he keeps referring to the people protesting as thugs and threatening to use the military against them, I can see tensions rising I, I really can um, yeah, you know, also in Denver, with some of those local cases um of police, you know, there have been some killing of unarmed. Black men in the Denver area in the last year that have not had any investigation whatsoever, and there's been a lot of pressure to open investigations on those things. It'll be interesting to see what happens there too. Um, if there's no action on the police department or on the state's behalf, um, I can see there being more protests and people acting up again. Um and the big thing, honestly, because the George Floyd case was such a high profile case, I think that the verdict of those officers trial is going to play a big part in this. Mm-hmm. If you look at the 1992 riots in L.A. over the Rodney King incident, those riots didn't start until the officers were found not guilty. That's when the rioting started in L.A. Mm-hmm. Um, we're already seeing rioting happening across the nation. Um, just because of the incident, because the officers weren't even arrested. Um, so if those trials go through and those officers are found not guilty, I'm afraid all hell is going to break loose, honestly. Um, I don't know what's going to happen in Denver. Um,
1: That's another it, thing I worry about, too. I mean, I worry that they're trying to overcharge him with felony murder on purpose so that he's not found guilty of that so that it does create um even more but i mean that's a bit of a conspiracy thought but
2: you know part thinks that they're trying to make an example of them you know the the minneapolis police department has a long history and i i remember reading some of the things about the police officers there over the last five years of the different killings that have happened there and and they have a long history of being poorly trained, irresponsible police department, you know, who protects their own at all costs and, uh, um, you know, when good cops speak out, they get in trouble and the bad cops are allowed to uh, uh, keep patrol in the streets. So I think that part of it is that they're trying to make an example of those officers and they're trying to calm the public and say, hey, no, we're listening to you, we're hearing you. Um, but here, listening to us and hearing us And making constructive action and constructive change are two very different things. It's unfortunate that uh, there's had to be this many protests around the country in order for our politicians and our government to actually listen to us. Um, It's unfortunate that it's reached that point, but like like Dr. King said, um, the riots are the language of the unheard. Um, And and now people are being heard. Yeah, do I think that they're going to make – you know, meaningful change. They're starting to here in Denver. It's not much. You know, it's a, it's a small act. Um, there needs to be more reform. I think. I think there needs to be more drastic
1: action. Is it going to
2: happen? I don't know. You know, Colorado's a very progressive state when it comes to these things. So I can see it happening here. In other parts of the country, I don't necessarily see that happening. I don't see the change happening. Um, especially when we get in parts of the South, you know, down in good old Dixie. Um, I just don't see those changes happening. Um, and so I, I honestly don't know. I don't know what's going to happen in the next six months. Um, it will be interesting to see. A lot of it's going to have to do with the election. A lot of it's going to have to do with a response from government officials. Um, but if nothing changes, you know, here in Denver they said, they're like, this is not a – this is a marathon. We're prepared to do this all summer. We're prepared to do this all year. And a lot of people have been comparing these protests to the protests that were happening in Hong Kong. People fighting for the freedom over there. Um, You know, the the Chinese government trying to repress the free people of Hong Kong. And uh, they're starting to take tips from them. They're starting to look at their tactics and they're starting to utilize them here in the United States. And so I think this is, and, and you've seen this this Black Lives Matter movement is not just the United States thing anymore. It's grown everywhere. You know, there are protests in all over Europe, all over Africa, the people, all over um, Australia, too. Um, there's protests going on. And so it's become a global movement against racism and systemic oppression of people of color and the working class. So if if the governments don't wake up and start making meaningful change, I think this will continue. Um, if if they actually are listening and they actually are trying to make change, like they've said they're going to, then I think this could calm down. But you know, only time will tell whether they're giving us lip service or whether they they mean what they're saying.
1: I would I would love to maybe, um, you know, every couple months or something talk to you about what how things are going and where your head's at on this. Would be really cool if you could do that.
2: Yeah, man, um, stay in touch. I'm still a bunch of the people in Denver that are leading the protests, and uh, I'm still very much a part of – actually, I I do uh, audio, and I do uh, um, audio video stuff for a living now these days. And I'm part of a company now that's um, starting to broadcast these protests all over the United States. Um, It's called Amplify the Voice. Um, So if you go to amplifythevoice.com, you can select your city, and we have people that are out there doing live feeds of the protests every single day. Um, right now, we're all set up, I believe, in Denver and in New York City, but we're getting ready to set up in all the major cities across the nation. Um, and so that's the thing I've been working on the last couple of weeks. Um, my personal you know, Facebook account and active um, protesting has kind of taken a back seat so I can help this organization kind of um, get their feet off the ground and get things running um because again people are still we're still in the middle of pandemic people are still at home unable to see what's happening um so this is a way you can log on and they can watch a live video or they can watch the videos after the fact um and see what's happened in different cities around the nation um so i'm going to be working on that the next couple of months i'm definitely it definitely isn't over for me i'm definitely still involved in it so i'd be more than happy to talk with you more about it in the future
1: that's awesome i'll put that in the show notes and um I'll throw it in the, the Iowa Black Lives Matter group and have them check it out for you. Cool, man. Um, yeah,
2: feel free. Um, I, I have uh, my photo album on the Facebook. Um, it's just, yeah, i protest, Black Lives Matter protest for George Floyd. Feel free to use any of those videos, any of those pictures or anything that's on there. Um, you have my permission to just use any of that and stuff. So, you know. The reason I did it was to get the message out there and get the information out there so people could see what was happening and so I'm happy to provide that for you too
1: so this is this is locally famous d b q and I always finish with uh with a question if yeah.
2: uh
1: if you had you know all of Dubuque's ear right now what what would you tell Dubuque
2: if I had all of Dubuque's ear right now, what would I tell them? The world is much larger than Dubuque county, uh growing up in Dubuque, you know it's not a very culturally diverse town um It's pretty much you know a lot of white Christian background there um it's become more diverse in recent years um but still compared to the rest of the nation, it is not a very culturally diverse town so don't I guess you can only base your experiences off of what you've experienced in your life and then it's hard to form your opinions off of that. Um but try to look at other news sources. Try to look at the world outside of Dubuque, Iowa. Um and try and see what's happening around the country. Um you know, you go to places like Chicago, very close to Dubuque, very culturally diverse. You know, even if it's just take a weekend trip there, just to go experience something different. I, I encourage people to get out to go see the way other people live and go to experience other cultures. I think you'll find much better appreciation for your neighbor, um, whether they're a different color, a different religion, a different creed, or whether they're just like you. Um, I think you're going to find a better appreciation for those things. Um the other thing I would say to Dubuque is that, uh, you know, historically Dubuque's been a racist town. You know, I was born in 89, and in 91 we were still having cross-burnings in Dubuque. The KKK was still very active in Dubuque. Um, challenge your neighbors. You know, if, if they say something that you don't agree with, you don't have to sit there in silence just because you'd feel uncomfortable. You know, if, if your friends say racist joke. You don't got to yell at them. You don't get, you don't got to sit there and hate on them for it, but you can just sit there and explain to them, "Hey, that makes me uncomfortable. Like that's not okay. And here's why." And I think a lot the big thing in this country is you know, we get very two-sided. It's very us versus them. Choose A or B. Choose black or white, you know. It doesn't have to be that way. Even if you can't make a giant change on a national scale, you might be able to change the minds of a couple close people you know. And that can be enough. You know, If everybody does that, if everybody just educates their neighbor about why these things are unjust, about why these things make them uncomfortable, about why it's not okay, if everyone can do that to say two, three, four, five people they know, this world will be a whole lot better off. So that's what I would say to Dubuque. Two things. Get outside Dubuque every once in a while and go experience other cultures outside of the you know, white Christian uh, upbringing that is debuke. And the other thing is that if you see racism, call it out. You know, if something makes you uncomfortable, um, raise your voice to it. Don't just sit there and let it happen. And again, you don't have to be angry with the person. You don't have to yell at them. Um, but calmly explain with them, have a conversation. Understand that it's not us versus them, it's not me versus you, it's all of us versus the problem.
1: Cool, man. Well, let's see, there's. If there's ever anything you think I can do for you, please let me know. I super appreciate you speaking
2: with uh,
1: with me today for Locally Famous. And, um, stay safe, and I appreciate you.
2: Cool, man. Yeah, let me know if, uh, if you ever want to talk again. I'm happy to do it.
1: Sounds good. I'll talk to you later. All
2: right. See you, Adam. Bye.
0: Thank you once again, Mike, for joining me on the podcast. I super appreciate you taking some time out to talk to me and the Dubuque community about everything that's been going on in Denver and also, you know, the wider view of everything that's going on in the country as well. Hopefully we get to do it again soon sometime and, and hopefully talk about something a little more fun, a little more peaceful than the protests. Over the next six months or so, and and then moving forward, though, it is going to be a pretty turbulent time for this country, and I pray and hope that we can find it inside of ourselves to just accept that we are the same, that we all come from the same place, and, you know, we just need to love each other. There needs to be a lot more love in this world rather than hate and division. So if you would like to be on locally famous DBQ and talk about, you know, the protests or talk about anything really uh, and address the community, you can always hop over to the locally famous DBQ um, Facebook business page, hit the book button and I do make myself available normally Monday through Thursday at 8.30 p.m. or 9 p.m. for a telephone call. I appreciate you hanging with me this long. Hope you have an amazing rest of your day, and I love you.